This is the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Jam-packed show for you this week. Uh, kind of run you through how she's going to go down. Very exciting featured game. Went down to the last second at 4-3 score in the featured game this past week. So that's how we will kick things off after Colin Ward's stat of the week. That's going to be a fun one to start off the show. Um yeah, I one. like how you it's worded this in the uh, in the show rundown, Colin. What's up with Guelph? <laughs> what we thought would see in them live. Yeah, I've had some good ones. That was like... good. That was good. Big fan of that. Um, of course, yeah, we'll run what, through the, the headlines. Last couple of weeks, we've had some good ones on the rundown. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, we will run through <laughs> the headlines from the past week. Thoughts overall on the weekend. Uh, players of the week also the monthly awards coming out so we will chat about yeah, that as double. well power rankings seems to be a weekly thing now um so that's hey with fun. the amount of movement i guess it is yeah yeah respectable amount of movement um guess we got to stick to it for the we'll go weekly as long as there's not if there's a lot of movement then we'll go weekly but if there's not a lot of movement and everything stays the same we'll just stay the same yeah like it won't be too long going through it, but this week, um, there's no longer an undefeated team, so True. no team will have a perfect season. Yeah, and every team has lost in regulation. Spitfires falling in regulation this past weekend. Yeah. Um, so all of that is on the agenda. Uh, but no featured game for this upcoming weekend. We got stuff going on, so might be yeah. And to, this, yeah, yeah, and also with the new Bulldogs gig as well, it's it's going to be tough to do featured games weekly, right? So mm-hmm. probably bi-weekly featured games at, at the most every other week for yeah. featured games just with the Bulldogs schedule. And, yeah, it's just going to be – it's tough to uh, make it out all the time. But, but trust me, we're still watching. We're still grinding a lot. Yeah, we are. But... For sure. All right. Um, this week's stat of the week, uh, call the Halloween costumes as well were pretty good. Yeah. On the Instagram. Those we'll are some to, good ones. We'll have to discuss that. That'll be good. Um, yeah. Stat of the week, Colin. And we're going to introduce this because I was really mad at work on Tuesday. By the way, we're recording a day late because doorbells were ringing on Monday night. So that is the explanation as yeah. to why this is debuting on a Wednesday. But uh, no big deal. We, uh, we're powering through it. It's all good. Dogs were barking. Doorbells were going. Kids were screaming for absolutely no reason. Um, so yeah. yeah, a little bit, a little bit late, but no big it, deal. Not, not to be like a mayor of bad news for those who like Halloween, but like, how old are, are you when you stop going trick or treating? I was never, I was never a big Halloween person, but I can tell you right now, if you can grow a mustache, I don't think you should be trick or treating. Come on, you didn't see anyone with a mustache. Yeah, I've saw grown. No adults. way. And I am not kidding right now. I have saw grown adults come to our front door Monday evening and with a bag and all they had was a mask on and like didn't even say trick or treat. Like, let the kids have some fun. I just thought like it's a night for the kids, so I was kind of surprised. You had to hand out the candy. Per- that kind of sucks. Oh, I had the wings game on, but it was a joke. So that was very true. Yeah. I needed a distraction. Yeah, I needed a distraction. But then I, I saw on Instagram a reel of a hippo uh, watering hole. Those things are ferocious. I mean, those things are fierce. I'm telling you right now, if I was an offensive line football coach or a defensive line football coach, 
I'm telling my team, you want to be like a hippo. Get off the ball quick and attack. Like, wow. I'll show you the video. It was from National Geographic's on Instagram. It was like, wow, life-changing. How are you getting National Geographic videos on your uh, Instagram? It. You do? I follow it. Oh, jeez. Oh, and those, like, Africa looks so sweet. Africa is one of my bucket list places to go to. Why? Because it looks sweet. Like, I mean, you don't want to see, like, a lion in the zoo. I want I yeah, want to go to see the real thing. You want to see it face to face, no cage. No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> not that extreme. But, like I wouldn't want I'm not crazy. I'm not dumb enough to go into yeah. Africa like that. You do one of those Jeep one of those tours. Safari. Yeah, 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 one of those safari tours. Those things look sweet. Yeah. But um yeah, I saw that video come up and I was like, wow, that was mind blown. So that's my random thing of the week but yeah, i also got another random. one here with the stat slash uh pawn of the week i guess we can say yeah it's, yeah it's but i got dig in honor of your uh tribute yeah i, know I love it. it i know your roast yeah love it um yeah so this uh this week's stat of the week is sponsored by insurance companies being slime balls everyone's wow. used to it it's Angels. not a new thing but on tuesday they were um there's a word I want to use that I can't say, so I'm just going to say they were scumbags. So uh, insurance companies being Rats. bleep holes. Yeah. Yeah. That's you the know. sponsor of the week. Yeah. Hey, those things, they can be tough, but here, I got something that'll change, turn that frown upside down. The old uh, saying. Gotta um, be. Yeah. So apparently next Tuesday, there's a lunar eclipse happening early on in the morning. There will be more lunar eclipse in the last 50 years than Maple Leafs have cups. So there's your stat of the day. So there's your pun. That'll turn the ground upside down. There will literally be more lunar eclipse than Maple Leafs Stanley Cups. I, That's good. When I saw this, I was like, we have to start the show with this. This is going to make our day. And like, I was laughing for the last like 20 minutes. And it also, it's pretty funny to be watching the Leafs press conference, the world's ending right now in Leafland, which I mean, Okay. Hey, man, I made myself a legend on YouTube. Yes, you did. You want to mention that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when was it? It would have been. When, when I lost Anaheim. Yeah, the Anaheim Sunday. Yeah, so a certain network in Canada. Um, we don't mention networks. No. we uh, They do something called Leafs Talk. Very original name. Yeah, um, especially that network. On YouTube. And uh, it's it. I you just go on for the lulls, just to just to laugh at all the comments from all these people hey. overreacting, and then then you get the guys like me, and I'm sure Colin's probably done it before, where we oh, just go Jay's on there, talk. just throw just throw in a few jabs here and there, you know, the, tip, like the typical, the, yeah. The <laughs> as a Red Wings fan, you you throw in there, the Wings are going to win a cup before Toronto is, or you know, and they happen to mention that. Oh, well, the Leafs, you know, they've been thrown into a situation where, you know, you're relying on Samsonov, who is going to be your number two guy throughout the year. And then you th then I threw in the comment saying, you guys are delusional if you thought Matt Murray was sustainable over an 82-game season. That is just not something that anybody would ever expect because we've watched Matt Murray play in the NHL or not play in the NHL with the amount of injuries he's had. Um and then, you know, further down the comments start going, I go, here's your solution to your goaltending. And I'm not saying goaltending is the Leafs issue. Uh, Mort Sider is better than every defenseman on the Maple Leafs already. Um, but sign David Ayers. 
that was just a comment. I threw that in there. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sign David Ayer, solve all your problems. All you hear is, all you see is the smiling, laughing emojis. Everyone thinks I'm awesome. Yeah, Ayers, sign Ayers. It was, yeah, the I, I was a legend that night. So people <laughs> thought it was fun. <laughs> Go up there like Rocky, I'm on top of the world. We got to come back. <laughs> I mean, we don't have the rights to it, so we can't do it. But just picture yeah. right now. Reese Dumaney in Brantford, Ontario, out with like the Rocky tribute in Philadelphia, the statue playing the Rocky theme song after that quote. I died. I, I have tears in my eyes laughing about it. <laughs> hey, it's crazy how delusional Toronto sports fans are. It's insane. It's embarrassing. As a Blue Jay fan, Jay's talk is an absolute travesty to listen to. After a loss, it's over. It's done. Um, Vladdy's going to leave. Um, we're not going to pay him. Um, Bichette can't play shortstop, which he can't. He can't. Um, uh, everything Kikuchi's gonna be our ace, blah 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 blah. But when they win, when they win, oh, we're gonna win the world series. Vladdy's not going anywhere. Bichette can play shortstop, but he can't. And, <laughs> like, it's just crazy. It's like there's no in between. Like, it's yeah. embarrassing how bad Toronto sports fans are. That's why I could never do it. Like, I can never do that. Like the Jays are enough. That's why the Raptors are the most exciting ticket in Toronto. And they're the quiet. And they're the quietest. Yeah. Masai, trust Masai. Hey, but I mean, they they have won a championship, and that is something the Leafs have not done since there were six teams <laughs> in the league. Lunar so. Eclipse. There will be more Lunar Eclipse yeah. in the last fifty years than Maple Leafs have cups. Exactly. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you would like that stat when I saw it. I love that stat. <laughs> And you know what made it even better? We've wasted 10 minutes talking about random crap. Yeah, but <laughs> So who cares? We'll, we'll be going overtime today, trust me, because we have a lot of OHL to talk about. And uh, don't worry, we will get to that. Yeah, yeah. I always like to have a little fun to start out the show and throughout the show. So we're all good, Wardy. No big yeah. deal. But yeah, shout out to that stat of the day. Um, <laughs> shout out to fun. that sponsor because it was a rough day today. Yeah. Um, anyways. All right. On to the featured game. The scene was a cold-ish Sleeman Center. It wasn't as bad as when we went last year to see the Rangers in Storm. Um, yeah, it got cold in the third after yeah, the second night. Yeah, the feet, the yeah, the toes, yeah, definitely started to feel it for yeah. sure. Two pairs of socks did not help. Yeah, look, you saw my socks. I had the ankle socks. Yeah, I, was... I had like the Adidas ankle socks Rookie going mistake. on. That was bad. Yeah, yeah that wasn't good. That wasn't very smart. Usually, I have a pretty good sock game for the dress shoes, but. Yeah. Sunday afternoon games are tough. Sunday afternoon games are tough. Especially on a back-to-back because we were in Hamilton yeah. the day before. Yeah. Well, I split. Had to stop at B-dubs on the way home. Yeah. That was good. Um, all right. Featured game 4-3. North Bay takes it over Guelph at the Sleeman Center. And this one, despite the score being a one-goal contest... It was one-sided for sure. Um, I think we can both clearly say that, Colin. Uh, you know, it was terrible. Dis- yeah, dis- despite the Guelph Storm leading two nothing after the first period, that was really most of the success that they had all game long. We'll quickly run you through the scoring summary, and then uh, we'll give a give our thoughts on the game uh, as we move along. Starting it off, as I mentioned, Guelph Storm get the first two goals of the game. Jake Carabella is third of the year, 635, the time of that goal, one nothing Storm. Charlie Paquette on the power play makes it 2-0 uh, about six minutes later, just under six minutes later, 12-17 mark. 2-0 after one. Next four goals would come from the green. 
North Bay Battalion. Yeah. Starts off Dalen Wakeley, power play goal, his third of the year. That was 325 into period number two. And then show guest, not a big deal. Ty Nelson, his fourth of the year. My God, he looked good. Uh, 1539 of the second period. 2-2 after two at the Sleeman Center. North Bay would get right back at it to start the third. Kyle McDonald with his fourth. 34 seconds into the third period, North Bay takes a 3-2 lead. Paul Christopoulos would then get the game winner, 3-18 into the third. And then Cedrickson Okatundu, love that name. name Shout out to that name. That's a good uh, name. 8-58, makes it a 4-3 game, makes it interesting. But eh. we watched the final <laughs> moments unfold in that game, which we'll tell you about and give our opinion. Um it was not enough. North Bay takes it 4-3. Colin, we will start with you. Ooh, where do we start? Thoughts on the game because North Bay, you could clearly tell, and I don't think it was close, you could clearly clearly tell North Bay has more talent. You could clearly tell they have more speed. Their legs were fresher, and that helps with not playing Saturday where the Guelph Storm did, and they only had 10 forwards to start this game. Yeah, that was And bad. I say that because they lost Poitra in this contest, a slew foot. He is now serving a three game suspension heading into this weekend, which we'll touch on as well. But uh, nine forwards for the majority of the game, North Bay was clearly the better team. It wasn't even close. Yeah. So where to start on this one? I mean, we're going to be talking about what's up with Guelph right after. So I might as well start with North Bay. North Bay played a really good road game, especially on the last game of a road trip. Long trip after the game. That's how. That's a textbook way to play. Tough start. Wasn't a very good start. But uh, congrats to Robertson, Charlie Robertson, the goaltender for North Bay Battalion, getting his first OHL win. Mm-hmm. Um, congrats, Charlie. Played a great game. He kind of fought it a little bit at the start, but he played good enough to get the win, and he made a lot of penalty shot saves, which was mm-hmm. massive. And Guelph was up 2 nothing in the first period, and they had a penalty shot. And if Robertson doesn't make the save there, it goes to 3 nothing. The game's probably over. And to make that save, you could see the momentum shift. And, I mean, Guelph only had seven shots after the first period. That's got to be a record for one of the lowest. In two periods, seven shots. That's a terrible. And that wasn't good. Even when you have guys out in a short bench, it doesn't matter. More, You should have more than seven shots. And that last two minutes of the game with the empty net, it looked like they didn't really care. And I've never, I've never said that before about a team. I've never said that before about a team, mm-hmm. but it looked like it honestly looked like that would. It looked like the quote from Coach Chad Wiseman before when he mentioned in Kitchener last Tuesday, when he mentioned about how it looked like guys were just out there for themselves, and that's what it looked like Sunday late in the game. It looked brutal, but um, I honestly, I thought Dixon Grimes played a really good hockey game. The Guelph yeah, Center Dixon Grimes played a really good hockey game. Um, so props to him. Um, got hung out to dry a lot and bailed his defense out, um, which was good. I uh, then I thought um, Cam Allen played a lot in his own end, which he looked okay. Made a lot of nice stick plays, but mm-hmm. there wasn't anything going for Guelph in this game. After the first period, it was over. Just by the way they played, it looked like they just checked out. It looked like okay, we're up two nothing. We can cruise to this one. And not the case. Um, props to North Bay. North Bay played a heck of a hockey game. Their defense are really good. I mean, Dryas Mathurin wasn't even in the game. The Red Wing pick 
didn't even play in the game, and their defense looked really good. They moved the puck well. Kristapos is a stud. Um, Winslow's a stud. Nelson, obviously, he's a stud show guess. Not a big deal. Um, that team's good. North Bay's, North Bay's good. They're underrated. Um, if they can get some goaltending going, I mean, even set has been okay. Um, close against averages there. Save percentage isn't. But if he can, if they can get it going, North Bay goaltending, they're going to be a tough team to play. That's for sure late in the season. So really good hockey game for them. But Guelph, on the other hand, it was a struggle. And then Dixon Grimes, uh, there wasn't much going on there. Uh, who was it, too? Oh, here are my notes. Ryan McGuire really stood out to me, though, as well. Twenty Number 20 for the Guelph Storm. For you listeners, um, if you ever see Guelph play, let me know what you think. Uh, looked pretty good. Um, made a couple nice plays there, I thought, in the transition game. So I just wanted to mention the 4 Ryan McGuire. Uh, made a couple big plays. He's big. A lot of penalty minutes on the season, 13. But a lot of Guelph penalty minutes are up there, so. That was interesting, but uh, I thought he had a decent game as well. He made a couple big plays, I thought, in the transition of games that were simple. Points weren't there, but he made some simple plays, and I thought he uh, was going to transition. And uh, also, do you want to get to this now, the com- post-game comments? Because this is very interesting with the Plotcher three-game suspension. It's his second um, sleep foot of the year. Yeah, might as well get to it now. Um, I got a couple more points, but we're going to forget about these post-game comments, so we'll go to that now. Um, but, but yeah, it was a slew foot second one, um, uh, for Matthew Poitra, uh, got an assist in the game before, uh, he exited, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. three games for him. Second slew foot calling slew foots. I don't know if they're up, but there's been a lot of them much like we kind of saw last year as well. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, like you said, interesting, interesting post-game comments, um, following this contest and following that uh, five-minute match penalty. Yeah, I mean, twice in the same week, right? Chad Wiseman, we heard it last Tuesday night in Kitchener, those post-game comments. That was big. I don't know if there's a loss in the room because we're not around Guelph regularly to know and don't know enough insight from Guelph. But comments like that certainly don't help when twice in the same week there's a shot to a player individually like this one with the Plotra where coach Chad Wiseman, by the way, this is a comment that said on the second, had one word of Matthew uh, Plotra's second flu foot of the season. It was just selfish comments like that go a long way yeah. in the dressing room. And that was the second time this week there were comments about players, about the top six, not being good last Tuesday. It looked like they were just out there for themselves. Comments. Those comments aren't good to keep a dressing room. And to me, that I just want to mention that because that's very interesting to me to have that comment twice in a week. And I just wonder, is the message even getting through that? If you keep, if you keep sending a message like that, is the message getting through? I was going to say the, the next message that comes after comments like that is, Oh, you're not playing for the team. You're playing for yourself. Bye. See ya. We don't want you here. And that that's essentially what the Gulf storm are going to get themselves into a position where, come you know yeah. december and then the trade deadline is oh yeah no we're out of it uh bye see ya okay yeah. no you're gone too okay we're gonna tear it down start over and um yeah. it, it's unfortunate but that that is that is a step you will eventually get to when the room does not respond um to comments like that or maybe they do maybe there is a discussion in the room between player coach kind of saying hey like what what are we doing here we got to get on the same page clearly you're frustrated with us clearly we're frustrated with some of the comments where where do we kind of meet in the middle and 
you know, figure, figure this, this thing out, right? I always like I always liked those meetings with a coach where you can sit there and like the Tortorella. This is a comparison when Tortorella day one when Philadelphia did that behind the glass feature there from day one at training camp and Tortorella had all the guys out at center ice before everyone touched a puck and said, we're going to get this out. If you have a problem, you come to me. We are going to have communication. We are going to talk this out. I really like when coaches do that Mm -hmm. because it's stern and we're going to talk this out and we're going to get it fixed and we're not going to stop until we get it fixed. And right now it looks like it's kind of a fix on the fly. And obviously we don't know this, but this is what it looks like. Cause usually when you only get seven shots in the last two periods of a hockey game, there's some disconnecting there. There's something wrong there, especially Guelph, even with the guys out of the lineup. So I think I tweeted out on Sunday, they had 39 points out between the players. Yeah. That's a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot of points. Sasha Pastajoff's out. Braden Bowman was out. Danny Jilkin was out. Those are some, and Valentin Jugan as well. Those are some big points out of the lineup between those four guys alone. But you still had Jake Carabello in the lineup, very good player. Um, Cam Allen in the lineup who didn't have a shot on goal, which is interesting. Didn't play in the offensive zone a lot, though. He barely played in the offensive zone. I don't think we saw many uh, offensive zone uh, sequences with him. He ran a power play. I was going to say, one of the extended times that he played in the offensive end was in the final seconds when Guelph was trying to score and tie the game. Yeah. And we're, we're talking like the 59-minute 59, 59 mark of the game is when we yeah. really noticed Allen, you know, in the offensive end. And, again, you get it. You're a defenseman. Um, you're looked upon but to defend. You like offense. Cam Allen's a guy who can put up points. But point, you, yeah, you, yeah. you want to see him in the offensive end a little bit more. And, again, being short up front does not help but yeah just something we noticed that was kind of out of out of the ordinary you're thinking hmm there were a lot of offensive zone draws where he wasn't on the blue line um you know even even neutral zone draws where you're on the other side of center um, you know you really didn't see a Mm -hmm. whole lot of them right so it's just something to notice it was out of the ordinary for us anyways being big cam allen fans especially going into his draft year right you thought he'd get a little bit of a bigger opportunity last year yeah. yeah, exactly. And that, it was a shock. It's honestly a shock right now to see Guelph play the way they are. And it even with the lineup being what it was on Sunday, it's still been a problem. Last Tuesday, they had a, they had a decently full lineup, and it wasn't good against the Kitchener Rangers. There's that one. Like, something's off there. And in my opinion, it looks like there's some disconnect. It looked like the same problem that Kitchener had in week two against Kingston where they looked disinterested. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there, Colin. Um, I will note, though, shout out to the Sleeman Center and the Guelph Storm fans that came to the game. It was a very full barn at the Sleeman Center. Um, That crowd was bigger than the one at Arizona State University for the Coyotes home opener. <laughs> There's and, another uh, <laughs> Despite the Guelph Storm record, when they scored, that building was loud. Like, it was loud. And that I, their goal horn and goal song is pretty sweet. Atmosphere. So, shout out to that. But that atmosphere was like, the old Bruins. one of the best I've seen. Well, I mean, it's tough to compare to the OHL finals. But um, 
one of the best atmospheres I've seen in the last couple of seasons. Oh, 100% agreed there. Um, what a crowd it was. Good atmosphere. Fans were in it from the get-go. And, uh, yeah, the fans are definitely there, that's for sure. Yeah. And they definitely get good support at the Sleeman Center in Guelph. Yeah. Also, free parking, too, is nice. Parking. Oh, yeah, free Sunday parking. Shout out to that. That's a good reason to go to the game. And, hey, I don't know why people be watching football on Sunday anyways. The, the world's team won and won in this week, so – they got done at 9.30 anyways, Denver Broncos. So it's all good. Really? <laughs> Broncos won in London. <laughs> yeah, we had the pleasure of listening to that game on the way to Guelph. Colin oh. Ward got angry because the okay. Denver Broncos, one of the – only teams in NFL history to take two delay of game penalties in one season on a kickoff. That's embarrassing. And you made it heard by me in the car because the windows were closed, but uh, you were, you were pretty fired up. Yeah. Hey, it's been a long year for Denver Broncos. We don't have a coach, so it's just whatever. (laughs) I mean, it's sometimes you don't think you have a quarterback either. So, Hey, Russ looked good. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah, he, he looked, looked good through the radio, eh? Yeah. Yeah, he made I'm some kidding. big plays in the fourth. Media, thank you, Guelph, for having it on in the media room. That was yeah, sweet. that's clutch. Yeah, good media room as well. Yeah, Guelph's one of the best around in the league. So yeah, I had to mention that one. All right, before I, I mentioned the win in one. Of, so. Oh yeah. And why to go on Sundays? Yeah. <laughs> All right. The NFL is terrible this year, anyways. So very true. Steelers suck, so I'm disinter- disinterested. Yeah. Why not go to an OHL game? Like, yeah, right. That's the NFL is terrible this year, so go to the O games earlier. Yeah. yeah, I agree for sure. All right, four four three. North Bay takes it over Guelph in this past week's featured game. Uh, it was a fun one at the Sleeman Center. Time for a break. When we come back, headlines. From this past week, games that kind of caught our eye, players caught our eye, and then monthly awards and weekly awards were handed out this past Tuesday, I guess it was. They were handed out on Tuesday, with Tuesday being November 1st, duh. Um, But we will run through all of that next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Headlines of the week. Some rumors. Yeah, rumors. rumors. Yeah, and we are going to start with the Seattle Kraken and Kingston Frontenac's connection. And I think where most people know uh, where we're going with this. Uh, Shane Wright. Yeah. What is going on? Colin Ward scrolling through Twitter, looking at the real insiders. Um, what is the latest, Mr. Ward? Yeah, so Jeff Merrick's show really had some interesting uh topics come up lately and had a good conversation with Elliot Friedman this past week. And the quote from Elliot Friedman is, and I mean, people are seeing this as well, it's very clear that unless Dave Haxtell is forced to play Shane Wright more, he's just not going to play very much in Seattle this year. So to me, that's an automatic go down to Kingston. But Jeff Merrick responds, 
with if he goes back to the OHL in Kingston, he would likely be traded from the Kingston Frontenacs. I don't see mm. it. I don't know about you because Kingston's pretty good. I mean, he'd have to go to a place like Mississauga. Mississauga would be written all over that, but in conference is very rare. I could also see the Flint Firebirds with Brandon Hoffman, that connection there. The Don Mills connection. Nah, yeah. I'd I'd be down for that. I could see Flint yeah. just because of that connection there with Hoffman. But and that would be like that's clear, I think, in Mississauga. Wright comes in yeah. one and two with Hoffman, Lombardi three. Yeah. That's a that's solid. But reality of it is, I don't think he gets traded from Kingston. And by the way, apparently, apparently, it's not out yet, but the three OHL bidders for the Memorial Cup next season, Kingston's one of the teams alongside Niagara and Sault Ste. Marie. We can touch on that after this. Mm-hmm. But so is that go back to the OHL with that quote from Friedman? So, so th- with that Memorial Cup announcement, again, it, Kingston's not going to know if they get it when Shane Wright returns, I would assume. But Haxtell never is, does good with young guys, by the way. Yeah. Is, is that a situation of Kingston gets rid of Shane Wright, but you look at a contender and obviously that would, those would really be the only teams that would be interested in Shane Wright because this saga makes sense because yeah. they need something to save that venue. Yeah. Policing yeah. Coming up this year. And the announcement coming up this past week. From yeah. the city of Mississauga. Yeah, so 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 you you look at contenders, Flint, Mississauga, any team that's competing for a championship this year, you would expect that you wouldn't get a solid player coming back for next year. You would get younger or young-ish talent from Shane Wright that you can have for another three, four years. Um, in their OHL career, maybe not necessarily to make you compete for the next year. And if you can swing a deal where you get a player that also. will lead your team in scoring or be in the top three in scoring, that'd be unreal. But you, you would have to think that Mississauga, Flint, Ottawa, possibly, you throw you know another into team? the mix. You know um, another team? Owen Sound. No, the London no. Knights. They got those picks back from Niagara for the yeah. in the Dickinson trade. They have picks. London didn't go for it last year. They just missed out on McTavish, which is very close. They made a very aggressive offer for Mason McTavish. Heard from multiple people around the Ontario Hockey League that they were in on that. They were right there, the same offer for Mason McTavish as the Hamilton Bulldogs. But Mason McTavish, it came down to choosing the Hamilton Bulldogs over the London Knights last year. Don't sleep on that one because the London Knights are on a four-game winning streak. And you think about that. You, they've made a big trade with Kingston before acquiring Max Domi and then sending Max Jones, Cliff Poo to Kingston. Yeah, they have a history. Don't sleep on that move as well. But I think I would think Flint is definitely in there, and Wright has the option, obviously, with the with yeah. the trade being a first that. round pick. Yeah, he has yeah. the option where he wants to go, like Mace McTavish did last season. Yeah. Right now, I don't. And see again, that favors trade what, that flavors Flint heavily with yeah. Hoffman. Like, yeah. Because Mason McTavish had buddies on Hamilton. Yeah. He was close. And when he came into Hamilton, we know firsthand we were around this team and we are currently around this team. This group is very close in Hamilton. 
and it was very close last year. Mason McTavish, Arbor Jacki came in, and they owned the room from the second they walked in there. They owned it. Mason McTavish had a lot of the big speeches in Hamilton, a lot of it. And it's one of those situations where it sounded like like Shane Wright. There's a lot of stuff going on in the media as well about him nitpicking him, as you can see that. And you saw it at the draft as well. well. It's been blown up. But right now, I don't think he gets moved out of Kingston, especially if they want to host Mem Cup next year. Because mm-hmm. if Shane Wright's barely playing this year, it's going to have to take a tough camp next year. Because next year, he doesn't have AHL as ability. He'll be back in Kingston if he did not make the team. Uh, but that's interesting to me to hear that. And that's tweeted by Jeff Merrick as well. That's a quote from Jeff Merrick who's been pretty accurate with certain trades around the entire hockey league. I mean, he had the Mason McTavish deal last year. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You get Kingston right now sitting seven, four, Oh, and one 15 points. Yeah. His fourth place They're in good the team. Eastern conference, obviously chasing down Ottawa, but chasing down is a very but hey, aggressive couple of words this early on in the season, but They are in a position to be successful this year. They are in a position to compete for a conference championship berth. And if they add Shane right back, you throw them into the mix for an OHL championship berth. And it just, just adding to this team and, you know, hopefully you would think, and again, I hate, I hate bashing teams. You would hope, that the fans would come out in Kingston because we have seen a lot of nights there where take nobody that. shows up. You got to take advantage of not spending $500 for a family of four to go see Shane Wright play. And, yeah. and you know, again, whether or not that he gets traded from Kingston or you know, he's, I think it's obvious he's going to come back. I think we could probably throw those rumors out the window. I think it's pretty Asked obvious it. he's going to come back to Kingston um, unless I'm off way out somewhere else, but the playing time's just not there. And you? if you go off the words of Steve Eiserman, playing time is very valuable. And well, that's why Simon Edvinson is not with Detroit right now. But, as well, going down to Toledo and Grand Rapids, more reps. Yeah, and, and exactly. And that's exactly it. Shane Wright's going to be the number one guy in Kingston. That will be right off the hop once he gets there. Um, it's a familiar but, group for him. He'll know all the guys. It's it, Comfort factor has to play some sort of um, you know, it's got to weigh heavily on Shane Wright and Kingston's decision. And obviously there's a comfort level with Brennan Othman, but Kingston Frontenacs are in a really good spot. So is Flint. It's interesting to see. Yeah, I, I agree with those being the two front runners. And I also agree with London being a sleeper because they it's the London picks. and they would pull it off. They have the picks for it. And well, we've seen it happen before. Well, Haxtell was terrible in Philly. And I don't think he's a big believer on playing young guys. And here's the thing. It comes down to the GM as well. It's his draft pick. GMs have a lot to say with the roster. They make the roster for the coach to pick what lines and stuff. But what did the, if they really think practicing every day, which is big, practicing in the NHL is big, but the Black Aces skate sucks. That sucks. The healthy scratch skate is not like what the top six are doing. It's not a fun morning skate. You're getting bag skated during warmups. You're out. You're downstairs on the bike working out. It's the grind. And I think you have to. Re- I think the thing is, if Seattle doesn't think 
those six minutes a night are valuable, then you have to send them back. You, unless they think those six minutes are valuable and he's getting more of the six minutes and playing once in every four games, that's the only reason you would t- keep him there. But I don't – like you mentioned, Reese, I don't think that's a growing – I don't think that's growing. Shane Wright's not a fourth-line player. He was a top-five pick. You are never going to play him in the bottom six. He'll never play in the bottom six other than now. So you might as well send him back to the OHL and let him continue to be that guy. Go to the World Juniors and light it up. And let's have a positive season here where you possibly get a 60 to 80 point season in the Ontario Hockey League this season and let him light it up let, and get that positive energy back. And, and then next year at training camp, then you elevate his role a little bit and see what happens. Similar to what Mason McTavish is going through. Mason McTavish's minutes aren't that crazy either. Four points in nine games. And by the way, he could be sitting up in game 10 tonight so or yesterday night so that was in, that's interesting as well yeah yeah and then and then the hope for seattle is you get shane wright playing you know maybe 10 to 15 playoff games because i think a lot of people yeah don't expect seattle to compete at least for a championship anyways um you know play a whole lot of extra playoff games where the kingston frontenacs they get shane right back yeah you're looking at a conference final or wherever he goes finals birth whatever Um, team he goes to in the ohl would be a contender mm -hmm. any team yeah so oh it's an interesting discussion i feel like we had to have it Uh, yeah but yeah those are as colin said those are the reports from jeff merrick uh elliot friedman chatting on the jeff merrick show a very trusted source one of the few yeah for sure um, yeah, any more developments will be on it for sure. Uh, next yeah. on the headline list, um, actually, we'll get this uh, this one done. Uh, congratulations to Western Conference champion and now newest full-time member of the Dallas Stars, Wyatt Johnston. Um, Deserving. Yeah, he is staying in Texas. Sorry, Spitfires. Sorry, Spitf- Spitfire fans. Uh, he is staying with the Dallas Stars. But uh, you can't be mad at all. He had a very successful junior career, and we all wish him nothing but the best with the Dallas Stars. We got to watch him firsthand in the OHL Finals last year, and he has proven so far this year that he is an NHL player now. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, Wish him all the best with the Stars. Also, a shakeup in Sudbury. Um, No longer is Craig Duncanson, the head coach of the Sudbury Wolves. Following losses in Sarnia and London, Sudbury has dropped their last four games, and they are at the bottom of the Central Division, 3-7-1-0 through 11 games. Uh, Rob Papineau, the general manager, VP and general manager, I should say, Um, said this, and if you want to look up the full article, it's on the OHL website. Rob says, we would like to thank Craig for his time and effort with the team. He holds a special place in our franchise's history as one of our highest drafted players and also as an alumni who coached the team. He's a great person, and we wish him nothing but success uh, with his future endeavors. So, Jacob and Sudbury, Colin, like you said, uh, kind of maybe not saw it coming but saw well, something happening in Sudbury there was going to be a move and season to move the coach in, in season over the GM but 
I look at this defense core on Sudbury, and I don't think it's anywhere close to competing. Yes, they have some pieces there. They have potential. I know that. But I watch this team defend, and it's tough to – like, it's not that great. And you, the, a team like London on Saturday night, you had that game won. You had that game won, and all of a sudden they storm back and score three or four quick ones. They got to tighten up a lot. And yes, the coach picks the lines, but the general manager picks the team. He's the one that makes the team. At the end of the day, you got to take a look in-house as well because I don't think that defense core is is a top five D-core, top 10 D-core in the Ontario Hockey League. I don't think it's anywhere close to being top 10. Yeah. From what we've saw, and we've saw the Eastern Conference very well being with the Bulldogs, we've saw a lot of Eastern Conference teams already. And I don't, I don't think they're close to the top 10. And yes, I'm saying that it's early on in the season. I know that, but I watch this team defend and there's a lot of holes there. And there's only so much Joe Ranger can do. Exactly. Yes. The game against Sarnia wasn't great on Friday night. There was a lot of wild goals there. Hello, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, There was a couple, but the quote from Terry Doyle, but. Yeah, there were some tough ones there, but it, it's not, it doesn't like the D court doesn't look good right now. And they got to tighten things up. And to me, the t- person that picks the roster is also on the hot seat now as well. Because, hey, you fired the coach, you made the move. Yeah. If things don't get turned around, now it's on the GM. So the ball's in your court and uh, pressure's on for sure in Sudbury because this was a year where a lot of people had them picked to be good. And yes, they have a lot of good forwards. Their forwards are very good. But the reason why, and we said this on the I said this on the preview. On the preview show, I mentioned that I don't like their D. I don't mm-hmm. think their defense is good. And that's been the problem. And until they fix the D core, I don't think they're gonna get up to that potential. I don't think they're gonna match their forwards and their scoring. They have the goaltending. I I really like Joe Ranger. You and I are both big fans of Joe Ranger. I just think their D core needs a shake up. And um and I don't like mentioning players, but I thought a guy like Bryce Montgomery would have been a perfect player for the Sudbury Wolves. Mm-hmm. A lanky defenseman. Um, obviously, in way they'd have to move in way, but it's an upgrade. It's an way upgrade. And I thought a move like that would have been perfect. It projects them in the right direction to where they need to go to be able to contend. But very interesting. Very interesting uh, move. I mean, everyone knew it was coming. I mean, you and I both thought like this was going to come, but... Mm-hmm. Now it's on the GM. Now it's on the general manager. That's for sure. Yeah. Again, luckily for them, uh, they've only played 11 games this year. And the team that is right in front of them um, in the Central Division, Niagara Ice Dogs, have had their own problems so far early (laughs) on. So, again, it's it's early. They're going to lose a lot. Yeah. So, um, I mean, five cards. That's tough. Yeah. It's early. um, But, yeah, a shakeup in Sudbury. Assistant general manager Ken McKenzie will step in on an interim basis right? uh, while the team finalizes the search for the next head coach. So, so with that, move, it's a process, man. Colin. Yeah, but with that move with the assistant general manager coming in, that's just the GM relaying the message. That's just the assistant GM. The assistant GM is ba- it has is on basically the same page as the general manager. They're seeing the same thing from up above. So you may see change now. 
you're going to see system change. That's for sure. Because of that, because usually when the general manager, someone from the front office comes in, they see something. So that's big. I just want to quickly mention that one. Yeah. Kind of the same message that the kitchen Rangers gotten. Yes. No, yes. unfortunately for Jay McKee, um, his job was lost, but uh, with McKenzie coming in and taking over as head coach, that's kind of the same message that uh, that the Sudbury Wolves are sending their players right now is pick it up or you will yes. not be here anymore. So, hey, Kind of like what the Niagara Rights dogs are currently doing. If you don't want to be there, you're not going to be yeah. here. Wait, wait, which I like. I mean, to a certain extent, obviously, <laughs> but but yeah. I, but they're not wrong. Darren Dobler is not oh. wrong. If you don't no. want to play for the Niagara Ice Dogs, you will not be a Niagara Ice Dog. And that's what it should like, be. Like, why, why keep them here? They're not going to play for the team. They're going to play for themselves. And again, we're not. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not put, calling guys out. Anyone that's been moved from Niagara, I'm not doing that. But that that's all sports. You don't want to be here. Oh, okay, bye. We'll find someone else to take over. Yeah, I mean, fourth overall pick for the Niagara Ice Dogs. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's where it all started. And that's publicly out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have one more thing, Reese, that I want to mention. I talked about it during the right thing. There's been, it hasn't been revealed, but there's been talks going on about the 2024 Memorial Cup host. Mm -hmm. And apparently the deadline came up. Three teams submitted entry into hosting Memorial Cup. We mentioned Sault Ste. Marie, the Niagara Ice Ducks, Kingston Frontenacs. I think we're pretty... I think we got the same opinion on this, but what do you think? Who gets it? Oh man, it's tough. I don't think Niagara I does mean, anymore. Yeah, Ni- Niagara's Ni- trades this Ni- year was not a chance. Niagara has everything off the ice in <laughs> order to host this event, but not on it. They need to improve on the ice. Yes. Well, I absolutely. don't know why. The, I don't know that. I don't. I honestly, I don't get why they acquired so many pieces. For this year, I don't get that. When for they should be acquiring guys to get to be that contending team for next season to make a run for that Memorial Cup because every team in the in the CHL that hosts a Memorial Cup builds for that following year. Once they send that bid, they're building for the following year. But Niagara really hasn't done that because they only have five cards left. That's clearly not going for next year. That's going for this year. So that's interesting. Next year they should be in a rebuild with the amount of picks they've moved. Yeah, well, well, and that's the thing, right? We we had Darren on the show here, and we we could tell he wants to win. Yep. You know, he wants to win. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, everyone saw how he you know, ran the team in Delhi. He wanted to win. Obviously, you could clearly tell day in and day out he wants to win hockey games, and we fully fully support that. Everyone wants to win. We know that. Um, but it, it, it's kind of tough, right? You take over an organization, um, new general manager, new head coach, new everybody. To be honest, a lot of growing pains to be making that many um, moves early. Yeah, you, you, and I get the bid, Niagara. Like I said, perfect host off the ice. Um, but you thought this might be something. Teams. Yeah, you thought this might be something for 2027. You know, you, yes. you you get five years under your belt. Not fifth year, you you go all in for it. Yeah. Um, you know, if they if they're able to get the Bem Cup and pull it off, and you know, make a deep run in the playoffs and win a Memorial Cup, playoffs. holy crap. Great for good for them. Like, yeah, props to them. But um just just seems like a move where you would maybe think it would be a little bit further down the road um for a team that just changed ownership and changed the entire front office. But uh 
Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. I like Sue. I think we both like Sue um, back when it was them in Oshawa that were competing I, for the I Memorial think I Cup. I Sue over Oshawa before. Mem Cup Village. Yeah, you had it. Well, I remember we did a debate where what, who would be the better host. <laughs> I had Oshawa, you had Sue. I think we were pretty even in our, in our arguments. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sault Ste. Marie, just make sure it's not in the timeline from November to April and you'll be good. Hey. Uh, you'll avoid blizzards and snowstorms for sure. But uh, I, I think when you when, when you take into consideration arenas, uh, Niagara, I think you put as one. Sault Ste. Marie, I believe it or not, I think they were the ones has that the just biggest. upgraded their scoreboard. I yeah. believe it was Sault Ste. Marie. a million dollar renovation there. Yeah, um, so you throw that into the mix. Kingston is, they got to fill the building. Um, yes, so, they do. So, I mean, it, it, it's tough to really go based off of arena area. You have Niagara Falls, so there's Buffalo one and Michigan. key factor. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, yeah, I think both, or both, all three really have good arguments whether mm-hmm. or not they could host it. It just really comes down to because the CHL doesn't want to, they don't want a floater host team. They don't want someone to go. zero and three, but then again, people seem to be upset when they go all the way to the win the Memorial cup. <laughs> so I don't know really where you want them to be. Do you want them to lose in the semis? Like, I don't understand Can't what win. people want, but um, I think it's really going to come down to the product on the ice. And as we get into, you know, when that final pitch comes in about why you should get it, um, and when the Canadian Hockey League is in a position to choose the host, a lot of it has to do with the personnel that will be coming back next year, the players that will be coming hey. back next year. How are they performing this year? Um, and obviously, that's a big part of it, but that I, that's really, I think, what it's going to come down to because I think all three areas would be really good to host the tournament. So Sault Ste. Marie is the oldest arena out of the mix, but it's also the one of the most newest renovated arenas as well. So you really can't say it's the oldest because it's well-kept. It's a nice spot. It's a good venue. Niagara Niagara doesn't have many flaws other than the press box. There really isn't a lot of bad Concourse is kind of small, but that's kind of the area they built it in. They can host a Mem Cup still. But yeah, that would be interesting for sure. And Kingston is the biggest in Leon Center, which is a nice venue. Nice venue there. Also, another team I'm that I feel like is a sleeper in this is that team that missed the last two, the Oshawa Generals. Yes, they have some OAs this year, but this right now, they're 03s for next year. Obviously, there's going to be moves. Patrick Lever's in 03. Stud. Thomas Stewart in 03. Tough defenseman. Very tough that can play. Stewart Roloffs is in 03. Brett Harrison is an 03 in the Boston third round pick, who I think could possibly be going back for an OA year just because of the situation. If obviously he wasn't healthy to start the season, there's a lot going on there. Boston's deep, and there's really no rush to get Brett Harrison up yeah. to the National Hockey League. And we saw Ben Roger go back to Kingston this year from Belleville. Yeah. I was going to say, Boston just traded who I thought would have been a centerpiece to something awesome. Uh, Jack Stadnika. Yeah, he just didn't going, perform in Boston. Going to Boston or going to Vancouver. Really liked him. Really like him as a yeah. player. Mikey Di Pietro going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, shout out to that. They have, but the thing is, Oshawa has some good O three talent coming back. Yeah, that's it a is. team that could put in for it. 
and be a surprise. And plus, plus, I drafted Callum Ritchie. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Why not? Why not Oshawa? And you know, you know, the Oshawa Generals will make moves for this. They have before. They may call yeah. the Niagara Ice Ducks because we saw the Phil Tomasino deal. We saw the yeah. Studnika deals. We've saw those deals before. Leighton Moore's there. You know, we've saw some moves. So, yeah. It would be interesting, but that's one thing to me where it really sticks out where Oshawa really put in for this as well because they struck out the last two times and they would probably be the favorites if they had the bid. Yeah. Just because of those times. And you know, the CHL kind of owes them for it. Oshawa was probably going to host some M Cup in 2020. More than likely. Yeah, I agree. So that's a team too. Don't sleep on. Yeah. All right. A um, couple more things before we hit the break. The OHL goaltender of the week, Carter George of the Owen Sound Attack. Man. What a play. Rookie netminder winning goaltender of the week. He had a couple of victories, 0.63 goals against average, save percentage of 976. Uh, the Owen Sound attra- Attack were trailing Barry 5-1 to one on Thursday. Um, George came in for his OHL debut, by the way. Um, yeah, Owen Sound won that game. So 6-5 was the final score. And then uh, you got first star honors, 4-1 win over the Kingston Frontenacs on Sunday, 27 saves uh, Man. for the win. So he takes home OHL goaltender of the week. This kid was a star at the OHL Cup this past spring. In three games, 961 save percentage, 1-0 goals against. Like, yeah, that's pretty so good. Yeah. Through fu- through five games in the GOJHL Junior B St. Mary's Lincolns, 288 goals against, 902 save percentage through two games this weekend, as you mentioned, 0.63 goals against, nine point or 0.976 save percentage. Like, the kid's not very big. Well, 5'11", 170, but very, very good positioning. Very good positioning. I remember last year when I saw him play in Thunder Bay at the OHL Cup. Very good player. Um, I was impressed with him. He moves well in good positioning, very technically sound. Um, I really like that pick. So uh, I just want to mention that he's a really good goaltender. And now Owen Stown's got a decision to make. So they got a lot of injuries going on there. Yeah. And we're going to stay in Owen Sound, Colin. Uh, OHL player of the week, Denny Gore. Four goals, four assists, three games over the weekend for him. He was plus six. Owen Sound attack, as I mentioned, three and zero on the weekend. Got themselves back uh, into a groove. Like Star. I said, five one. They came back and beat the Barry Colts. So this team's good. Owen sounds rolling right now. Yeah, they're good. Owen, I really like Owen Sound's team, and uh, that's why I took them to win because they're good and they have the they have a lot of character in their lineup as well. Monthly awards. Also handed out on Tuesday, November 1st. Brennan Othman is the OHL Player of the Month. 10 goals, 13 assists, 13 games for the Flint Firebirds in the month of October. Plus 7. 8 out of 13 games. He had multi-point performances. Uh, Not a big deal. So... He takes home OHL Player of the Month. OHL Defenseman defenseman of the Month, staying in Michigan, a Colin Ward favorite. Ooh, star. Uh, Pavel star. Minchikov, Anaheim Ducks prospect. 
Should have went higher. 18 points to lead all OHL blue liners. Six goals, 12 assists, 13 games for the Saginaw Spirit as well. Plus seven on the back end for him. Um, wow. Nice. Good for is, him. Is Saginaw the most surprising team so far for the first month? Um, I think they're up there. I like definitely still have Ottawa there for sure. I think they're up there with Ottawa. Yeah. Um, Erie's a surprise, I guess you could say. Yeah. Guelph for the wrong reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to throw them in that kind of category, but um, yeah, I think they're up there. I agree. I agree with that statement, Wardy. Yeah. It hasn't like, it hasn't been good for Guelph, but um, yeah. I think Saginaw's been really good. I mean, Michael Mesa, the first month, I don't think anyone projected him to have that month. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, well. Fitting in the five spot in the West. I was going to say, it makes sense that Michael Mesa was named OHL Rookie of the Month. Um, again, not surprising. Ten goals, down. seven assists in 13 games. He's already a point-of-game player um, in his first OHL season. Five different multi-point games for him. Uh, of course, being the sixth player in OHL history to get exceptional status uh, by Hockey Canada. And then goaltender of the month, Peterborough Peets, Michael Simpson, 6-2-0-1, 2.22 goals against average, save percentage of 923. He saw 261 shots in the month totally of October, deserving. and he stopped 241 of them. Hey. Second place in the East Division are the Peterborough Peets. Reese, we both said about Michael Simpson last year against the Hamilton Bulldogs in the first round when Peterborough played them. We both said Michael Simpson played great, even though the scores weren't great. And when Peterborough in front of him looked like it was just like UFC. Yeah. <laughs> looked like, oh, that's all I was going to say, we, we said Michael Simpson will be the reason that Peterborough absolutely, and I throw that out there because it's not just steals. He, he will be the one that absolutely steals the game for them. Yeah, and I'm honestly not surprised that he's goaltender a month, month one in the Ontario Hockey League a year later. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I don't think any of us are. Like, we can see the talent there. It just it can when you're facing 50 shots a game and you're getting yeah. peppered and you've got to kill penalties all the time with a Mason McTavish, Logan Morris, and Arbor Jack, and Nathan Steos, Avery Hayes. Like the list goes on. Ryan Winterton. You can, like that's tough. That is tough, and Michael Simpson, uh, very, very pumped for him, ecstatic for him to win a goaltender of the month. It would be nice to have him on soon and just to talk about how much that series really propelled him and his team into this season because Peterborough looks really good. Yeah, yeah, that would be an interesting chat for sure. Second Peterborough goalie on the show. Yeah. be a fun one. Uh, all right. His veteran. Yeah, time for a break. When we come back, power rankings return for a second straight week. Colin Ward stretching out. He's getting ready to go. Oh, yeah. Um, should be a fun way to end this week's show. So that's coming up next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast final segment before we round out the show again, no featured game this week. Uh, life is going on. 
Um, so we're going to take a week off this week, but uh, power rankings to end. And that's kind of how we, one of the parts that we used to finish last week's show, but got a few minutes here. So this is how we're going to end it this week. Things have changed a little bit uh, for us on the show. Um, And I think we're going to do it the same way we did last week. You do five, I do five, you do four, I do four, and so on, so forth. So Colin, number five for you. Number five for me, the Mississauga Steelheads. Tough weekend for them. Um, Mississauga's five. Ooh, all right. Um, number five for me. I'm going with the Peterborough Peets. Nice. Um, three and zero oh this past weekend, or they've won their last three games. Um, Seventeen points. They are tied for second in the Eastern Conference, and they'll never get second because Ottawa is first, Mississauga second with the division-leading Steelheads being second. So uh, they are tied with Mississauga at 17 points. But, yeah, Peterborough, hot weekend for them. Uh, They move into my top five ahead of Kingston. So Nice. On to four? On to four. Four to me, same as your five, the Peterborough Peets. I really like Peterborough. I think they battle hard. I thought they had a good weekend. Obviously, a big win against the Ottawa 67s, and that really propelled them. Move up on my rankings, going from five to four. Peterborough Peets, the fourth-ranked team for me this week. All right. Um, for me, I'm. This is tough. I really like Erie. Um, yeah. They they they've won their last four. It's kind of a show. It. Yeah, um, but but I think they're still outside of my top five. I think they're six behind Peterborough. Um, so so number four for me uh, is going to be the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, like you said, tough weekend for them. Uh, Not enough but, to fall to the five, but, though. Yeah, but but still a still a very good hockey team, and I think they're going to be in the top five all year long. So um, yeah, Mississauga number four for me. Yeah, good pick. Three for me, the Owen Sound attack. Um, big weekend, goaltender of the week there. Um, that comeback against Barry, where a game where they should have lost and they found a way to get two points. We said that last week about Barry finding a way mm-hmm. to get a point in that game last weekend, so that was massive. And yeah, I gotta go Owen Sound three. Yeah, I watched as I mentioned, I watched a few Barry games after that comeback win against Mississauga and. Not what I expected, yeah. of course. Um, yeah, it's one of those where if you have a, if you get momentum out of it, right, then you're in the top five. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, it's Owen Sound for me as well. Uh, like you said, big win on the weekend. They've won their last three games. So Owen Sound, number three for me. Yeah. Two for me, the Windsor Spitfires. Windsor goes from three to two this week on my list. It's because I like they took care of business. Yes, they had a couple losses in there, but they took care of business of the things I wanted to see them take care of to move them into the top two. And plus, if you look at it, 19 points on the season. Very good start. Yeah, I think our top three is pretty much the same, Colin. Windsor's number two for me as well. Uh, First regulation loss on the weekend or on the year this past weekend which we said not every team or not any team ever is going to go undefeated or at least undefeated in regulation. Uh, So Windsor Spitfire is number two for me as well. Um, And then number one, I think that makes it pretty obvious, Colin, uh, for both of us, the Ottawa 67s. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, they lost a game, but until you lose two, you're staying in the one spot. So Ottawa seven seven, no reason to drop. Ottawa sixty sevens are the one seed for me as well. Yeah, um, and Ottawa joining a group of only four other teams to have fifty plus goals scored wow. on the season. They join the Windsor Spitfires who have scored sixty one. Um, the Saginaw Spirit have scored fifty six. And the Flint Firebirds have scored 56 goals. Nice. Fun little song. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I just wanted to mention one thing. It was kind of on the light. It's not a positive thing, but, and you hate to see it, but I just want to mention condolences, thoughts, and prayers are with the family and the defenseman of the Sioux Greyhounds. Um, Sunday, there was a tragic incident. Luke, uh, Bertowski of the Sioux Greyhounds suffered a seizure after taking a hit in the second period of that game in Ottawa with between Ottawa and the Sioux Greyhounds. And I just want to say thoughts and prayers are with Luke and his family mm-hmm. and um, hopefully a speedy recovery and uh, hope everything's okay over there. I just want to mention that before we ended things because a uh, scary incident, you never want to see that freak thing and um, very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, per- good words, Wardy. Um, couldn't put it any better than that. Um, all right, that wraps up the show for this week. It was a fun one, another jam packed weekend full of OHL action. Again, no featured game this week, but there are plenty of games on tap for all OHL fans out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Have yourselves a good night, and we will chat again in. Six days this time, because we recorded on a Tuesday.